This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Everybody wants to know. What I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Oh man, my name's Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean and it feels good to be back, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people listening, it might not seem like that much time has passed, but for us, it's been, (laughs) what, two whole weeks? (laughs) I don't know what that says about me and about us, that two weeks feels like forever. But it really does feel like I haven't talked about Kanye in forever. Forever, ever. Oh, like, I, I did listen to Outcast in our break, though. Did you? What brought that on? Uh, you know, just um, just a, a big fan of Stankonia, Speaker Box, The Love Below, Equimini, AT Aliens. Uh, what's that one? That really long one? South. So, what, one of our listeners, know they could tweet at us. <laughs> Okay, so you wanna yeah, you've always been I remember when we first started talking back in like two thousand eleven, was it, nine years ago. Damn. Uh-huh. Uh Outcast came up like every now and again. <laughs> like it's been yeah. a consistent. I feel like have you ever listened to Idlewild? I feel like that's a record you would really like because it has like a story and everything and characters. I went through their discography, like prompted by you back in like 2013 i Uh think or 2014 but i can't remember i feel like i had to have listened to it but i can't i can't remember yeah it's an interesting they even like there's a movie with it i think i i sound so stupid right now that i don't know that that's probably like so true and everyone's like of course there's a fucking movie you idiot but uh (laughs) you should watch that too there is a movie i'll do it okay yeah i remember your crash came out Oh, God. Like the crash? <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure Crash came out that year. I'm really not doing myself. I'm not making it seem like I know much about movies. I keep getting everything wrong. One of these days, you'll figure it out, though. There's 2004. Still time. I was wrong. Yeah. I remember there was a, a girl I was kind of flirting with in college, mm-hmm. and she invited me over to watch a movie, and I was like, okay. And <laughs> she put on Crash. Oh God. And it was not like the like it's cinematic enough to where like me, I was like, well, now I need to watch this. But it was also like frustrating in ways where I was yeah. like, I can't transition away from like this to possibly making a move right now. And then <laughs> at the end of it, I'm crying like it was not you just like shake hands and go home. <laughs> like it was I, 
I think she was testing you because what she really wanted you to do was when Matt Dillon drags Dandy Newton out of that burning car, she wants you to turn and make the move right then and there. Right. That's wants true me confidence. to be a hero. Like, just be a hero. <laughs> be and Matt Dillon. And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> how can I be more like Matt Dillon? <laughs> I ask myself that every morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my experience watching Crash. Hmm. That's great. Crash. Also a David Cronenberg movie from, I'm going to say 1996. Let's look. (laughs) Cronenberg. 96. Booyah. I know my shit. Right. See, you got your groove back just like Stella. Absolutely. Now give me some diamonds. (laughs) Yeah. So diamonds from Sierra Leone. We, uh, we did not talk about the OG diamonds from Sierra Leone the first time we went through late registration. Mm. To the chagrin of many of our listeners, I'm sure, because a lot of people think the OG is much better than the remix. Yeah, and you know what? There was a period where I disagreed, Mm -hmm. and then there was a period where I very much agreed. (laughs) And And now where are you? It's kind of a stalemate at the moment. You're in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. What about I'll tell you who does love this song, though, is complex because they rated the second verse on this as Kanye's best verse above because at this point I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was out watch the throne was out so they were saying that the second verse of the original mix of Diamond Sierra Leone was better than any other Kanye verse that's that's some heavy accolade right there it is I mean it's a long ass verse yeah it's like 40 bars or something Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen. This is exciting. I don't think he's gonna get the forty. There's just just no way. It's forty. Wow. Wow. You said so casually. I did not like the place your voice went to. Yeah, it was all in one breath, and I lost my baritone. I lost I my bravado, have been my baritone. If Kanye did this entire verse in one breath, yo, yeah, it's a verse. I I still remember the first time I heard it. I thought this was just like superficial Kanye when I first heard it. I was like, oh, I see why it didn't make the album. I I was so dumb because there's so much <laughs> here that uh, I feel like we've uncovered and unpacked for the listeners. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm really excited to. I think this is a good idea to do the OG, to analyze the OG and then to head back to the remix and kind of show where Kanye was at with this song when he originally made it, what it became and what it ultimately would have represented on this part of the album. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the first line because we got some Kanye plagiarism going on. Really? Oh, I'm so excited. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um so OG Diamonds from Sierra Leone, we would imagine that it's taking place on like a similar spot in the album, right? Like it still would have been track number 13. I would think so because he mentions really Doe being up next and we majors the next song. So like, I feel like the, these songs were always next to each other. Yeah. And this is following skit two. And kind of starting this next section in the album. We talked about Skit 2 in the last episode, right? Oh, boy. Did we? 
Maybe let's talk about it just to cover our bases. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, again, it's been two weeks. You can't expect us to remember something from two weeks ago. Right. So looking at late registration 2.0, one of the things that we've, we're kind of thinking about the first time we went through it, but now have more of a, a grasp on it is what purpose the skits serve. And I don't think each one in and of itself adds much like, nuance to what's going on but they kind of serve as dividers right mm -hmm. so heard him say touch the sky gold digger have that initial like those are grouped together and then skit one happens and you get drive slow my way home crack music roses bring me down and addiction and then skit two happens so those songs kind of make up one arc and especially like you're looking at drive slow and the caution that is being thrown out there and the tension between diving into this lifestyle or taking it slowly and addiction being like diving into that lifestyle and yeah. what happens, it pairs off nicely or like kind of uh, beginning middles and ends nicely in that stretch. So then skit two to skit three, we have diamonds from Sierra Leone and we major, which is just like one, two punch following up the fact that Kanye's gotten to this place in addiction where he has fallen into what it seems like every other celebrity falls into when it comes to now having money, having fame, and falling prey to the women, the drugs, the alcohol. And like the women in this case, if you're of that persuasion, for others it might just be any kind of like sexual gratification. Mm -hmm. um, but the indulgence that we're seeing and the negativity that can arise from that indulgence and falling into that groupthink. Yeah. And just like, you know, all the addictions, I mean, you can always pare it down to just like one thing, one particular vice, but for Kanye, it's just like, he's addicted to celebrity and like what celebrity represented. And, you know, over the course of this album coming off of heard him say, and like this, this need to break out of this oppressed state, this struggle, like the addiction is really that in a way, like you do anything you can to get yourself out of that mentality even if it's not getting your mind out of the mentality, but for Kanye, it almost seems like it's more important to like present an image of somebody who's broken out of that. And that means like show off your wealth to him. Like that's power for a lot of the album. Like on a song like addiction, like he, like he's so um, into presenting this image of himself as a celebrity that he is addicted to all of those things that come with it. And with that, you know, he, he kind of loses sight of what people are really looking for and heard him say, which is a leader, somebody who can show them a better path, somebody who can show that like, hey, like you don't have to, you're not who they say you are. Like you're more than that. You can be more than what they say you can be. Which kind of feels like what Common does on my way home a little bit, right? And yeah. even what Kanye is doing in touch the sky and roses and some of these other songs where he's more like upbeat and in this position of being a leader. But then he also has these times where like his leadership is kind of uh, undermined by the fact that he's falling prey to these things. And I think that's the beautiful nuance of everything is you're right there is some sort of like upliftedness about those songs. Like thinking about common on my way home, like he's somebody who's recognizing the struggles and realizing that he is a leader, but there's also, you know, 
these songs are very grave and in like realizing all of the problems like when common walks through the streets of my way home it's not like he's presenting a path for people to get out of it he's kind of just like observing it and seeing how things are and roses like you can build your family up like you can help each other as much as you can but ultimately like your family's not getting the same kind of like health care that like somebody really rich gets like there's always like like a hint of sadness to everything that you can see is driving Connie to act like the way he does on songs like bring me down when he's just lashing out against people and addiction when he feels the need to indulge in his vices like you can see all of that playing into him and like the way he lives his life there's a lot of baggage isn't there yeah it's uh and I think that's all that's such a beautiful lead in to Diamonds from Sierra Leone which is a song where Connie really has to grapple with that head on Yep. And as we talked about in skit one, it seemed like Kanye was starting to set up with Broke Fi Broke this idea of groupthink, monolithic thoughts, and the absurdity of being part of a group that wants to stay broke and <laughs> idolizes being broke and pushes you to believe and act in a way that keeps you broke. And we see that happening in skit two as well. We ain't got it. Broke, 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 fat broke. We ain't got it. Don't spend no money. Ain't got no clothes. Ain't got no cars. Ain't got no hoes. We broke, 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 fat broke. We ain't got it. Broke, 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 fat broke. We ain't got it. Got no money. Got no money. We got no clothes. Got no clothes. Ain't got no car. Got no car. Can't get no hoes. We broke, 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 broke. Bunch of niggas broke, broke, broke. We broke, broke, fi broke, we ain't got it, broke, broke, fi broke, we ain't got it, don't spend no money, ain't got no clothes, ain't got no cars, ain't got no hoes, like, you can't have these things, like, they're not meant for you, which in some ways relates back to some of the lyrics in Heard Him Say, which is like, you want a hot car, you want to be able to enjoy this lifestyle, and you can't really do that, and in that circumstance, it's just because of the opportunities provided to a lot of people that grow up in areas like the south side of chicago or the lack mm -hmm. of opportunities might be the better phrase and kind of gets more into that in crack music as well but you can see got no money we got no clothes and got no cars can't get no hose we broke 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 uh and here it feels more like a this is just our circumstances rather than this is what we aspire to be which is kind of where it's at on like skits one, three, and four. Right. There's this aspiration to live this way. We're here. It's just like we are part of this group that doesn't have these things. It's such an interesting because, yeah, part of it is this representation of I don't even know if groupthink is the right way to, to put like these people who are not have no intentions of rising out of this place they're in. To me, it almost more represents the way people want someone like Kanye to be. It's not like people who live that way are proud to be broke. It is just that like people outside of that community have grouped those people into that and they want Kanye to be part of that. And Kanye is looking to reject that as we'll see in skit four. Um, but it's also like the point of the album, I think is for Kanye to rise up much. It's pretty, pretty similar to college dropout and, 
pretty similar to where Kanye is today, I would say, where it's not about the money and the hoes and the cars and the liquor. It's about doing more of your career and rising up and becoming a leader. Um, so Kanye is both trying to reject um, this this uh, this pressure to be broke, to you know fit in your mold, be part of this community, but he's also trying to reject the opposite of that, where like, well, if you're not going to be broke, you have to be like mega rich and like super indulgent and indulge in all of your vices, which Kanye realizes he can't do as well. So it's interesting. I think that that's a perfect sandwich here. Skit two and Diamond Sue Sierra Leone like really tackle both of those because we go from skit two, which is, you know, this pressure to fit into the community and be broke versus Diamond Sierra Leone, where we start off and Kanye is very indulgent and, um, really leaning into his ego and proud to be like a mega superstar celebrity. Yep. Which does not last <laughs> over the course <laughs> of the song. Um, and there's two, I guess, preference preface points that we should have for this song. One is the sample, which gets used heavily, especially lyrically throughout, which is diamonds are forever by Shirley Bassey. Um, which is named after the 1971 spy film starring Sean Connery as James Bond. Oh, Sean. This is a timely episode. Yeah. Poor Sean. I, uh, um, I, I just want to point out, by the way, that in honor of Sean Connery, Lauren and I, my wife, and I wanted to watch a Sean Connery movie. But we quickly found out that she has no desire to watch like any old action movies. <laughs> the hmm. only one I could get her to watch was Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was as bad as I remember it being. Yeah, that was one that I like went to the theater excited to watch. I saw it in theater and too. Then, yeah, you leave the theater and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> It's bad. It's not even like fun bad. It's just like the whole time you're like, whoa, like what is this bullshit? Like why are they doing any of this? I Could it even get her to watch a... Uh, What's the guy with the whip? Uh, <laughs> oh, The Last Crusade? I guess we could have yeah. watched that one, but we I, I actually suggested that, but she was like, but I'd want to watch them all. So we didn't we weren't gonna sit down and watch <laughs> all of them just so we could watch The Last Crusade. That's fair. That's fair. Uh you could try Time Bandits. Time Bandits was up there. I I wanted I you know, I really wanted to watch Xanadu. Do you know that movie? You and Jordan or, have talked about Xanadu. No, sorry, before. not Xanadu. My bad. Uh, what's the one? Am I? What am I thinking of? Um, oh shit! I feel so stupid. Uh, Sean Connery. What's, what's uh, a sci-fi movie? Oh, I feel so, Zardoz. 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 What's this from? Uh, Nineteen seventy-four. It's. Um, oh well. I've only seen the trailer to it, but I know just from the trailer alone that it's probably one of the most mind-bending movies ever made. <laughs> in like a good way or I don't know, but in a way that I would I would love to just dive in and see what happens. Okay. Okay. You have my curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, diamonds uh are forever. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Diamonds are forever. Hold one up and then caress it. Touch it, stroke it, and undress it. I can see every part, nothing. Yeah, so diamonds are forever, um, and it's not much different than what we get, right? Like diamonds are forever. They are, they are all I need to please me. They can stimulate and tease me. They won't leave in the night. I have no fear that they might desert me. Diamonds are forever. Hold one up and then caress it, touch it, stroke it, and undress it. You see the Ooh, sexual the way that yeah diamonds are being compared to a woman. I can see every part. Nothing hides in the heart to hurt me. I don't need love for what good will love do me. Diamonds never lie to me for when love's gone, they'll luster on. Which kind of just gets back to this idea of like James Bond's a bit of a womanizer, right? Sure. <laughs> and uh, like how can a woman hope to like have a relationship with James Bond, but also James Bond gets betrayed by a lot of women that he does mm. fall for. So how can he have a relationship with a woman? So there's this dynamic of the diamond or a thing, right? Like a, a consumer product replacing the actual relationship because it's easier to have a relationship with this inanimate object than it is with a person. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you can look at the tensions and how that arises in late registration. Even Kanye's like, career over on and his relationship with like consumerism uh versus like trying to have an actual relationship with another person but specifically in this song we'll see how much it starts to relate to the state of rockefeller records sure which at this point in 2004 2005 was not going so well. Uh, the company, which had been founded by Jay-Z, Dame Dash, and Kareem Biggs Burke in 1995, at this point was kind of at a crossroads with Jay-Z on one end and Biggs and Dame Dash on the other, where they just didn't agree on the direction moving forward. And actually by the time that late registration came out, uh, the company had kind of broken apart with Biggs and Dame creating a new label and peeling off some of the artists that were loyal to them to be part of that label, while Jay-Z had his group that was still staying with them. So Jay-Z kind of had the name at that point, but there was like tensions in what had been a very well-respected and highly established record label. And Kanye kind of created this song as a means of addressing that tension and almost as a an attempt to bridge the gap in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, 
this is such like an amazing thing from Kanye, like to take something, to take this song, Diamonds Are Forever, which was mixed by his cousin. So like, it's not even a song Kanye mixed. He, well, he did, he did the, you know, the, the beat itself, the sample was given to him, but then he put in, you know, all the, the harpsichord and the horns and all that shit and the drums. But to take that song and to extract as much as he does from it, like what do diamonds ultimately represent? Like everything, Chris, you just talked about, like all of that, like diamond represents like, you know, rock, Rockefeller, the rock and like what that represents and how like, and ultimately what you are chasing, like even though like Rockefeller is crumbling from within that diamond, you know, that thing that means something to people. What are you really chasing? Is it like the trivial material things that you've populated in your life or have you lost sight of what the rock represents on what your relationship with diamonds is like even if you need a relationship with diamonds you've just been chasing this thing that's it's not a person it's not a woman it's not a relationship it's just this idea you have of what success is that ultimately doesn't mean anything to other people like are you fighting for the world and your people or are you just indulging and like satisfying your wants and needs and like that's what really diamonds represents the whole journey kind of goes on from beginning to end is like diamonds are forever okay what does that mean like what do they mean to you yeah are you investing in like the chain or are you investing in like your career and where you can get to and everything that comes with that like you're just hopes and dreams because for kanye like becoming part of rockefeller and being able Rockefeller, Rockefeller, and <laughs> like being able to put the diamond sign in the air, right, was a dream come true. And you have that tension, exactly as you said, from being someone that's just like using his money to buy a chain versus someone that's focused on like the dream. Yeah. And and on and saddled with all that is the fact that, you know, the song comes from Diamonds Are Forever. And in the movie, like, a dude is building a giant laser with diamonds to blow up Washington, D.C. <laughs> like, it's saddled with that. Like, diamonds don't have a very good tone heading into the song if you know anything about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye channels that even further in the remix. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the remix. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's one of the things just like conceptually, like not even getting into the rest of the lyrics that makes this song so powerful is just how much within the context of the album, this meaning of the diamond and what it represents has, but also as Kanye's really making a song to try to, if not save a label he's like passionate about, at least like eulogize it in a way that's like going to live beyond the fact that they might never be the same again yeah totally hmm. you know kanye referenced this song the other day on twitter really gosh i need to get a this this is bad coming from somebody who hosts a pod, kanye podcast but i need to pay more attention to kanye's twitter <laughs> well you have been like to be fair you've been trying to like just spend less time on twitter overall yeah, I guess so. But uh, I still have an obligation. <laughs> well, he was uh, posting like Halloween stuff and he posted one of North and one of the other like cousins. 
mm-hmm. dressed as like punk rockers and like holding guitars. And he said the rock is still alive. Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Diamonds are forever. They won't leave in the night. I've no fear that they might desert me. Diamonds are forever. Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. Diamonds are forever. The rock is still alive every time I rhyme. All right, so we have the intro. Dems are forever. They won't leave in the night. I've no fear that they might desert me, which, again, in the context of what's going on with Rockefeller and like Dame and Biggs both left and other artists left, it's kind of like talking about the fact, you know, diamonds are forever. Like, yeah, at least we know that the symbol won't leave, the name won't leave, but also following up on something like not just bring me down, but addiction, which was very mm. much about a complicated like relationship based on like drugs, alcohol, and cheating. Uh, you can see why there might be more appeal of a diamond over a person. Yeah, this is an interesting um because the intro differs slightly from the remix. Not even slightly, actually. Like the remix, the whole intro is really drawn out. Like it lasts like 40 seconds and you have like the stimulate and tease me lines all in there. Like Kanye kind of just like gets down to it in the OG. Like you get only like you get less lines from Shirley Bassey and then like the song blows up and Kanye gets right into it. It's, it's like a less dramatic opening. It's almost like he's trying to get to the lyrics because the lyrics are so much more. I don't know. Like I, I think lyrically this drama might be a little stronger and he's just getting to them. It's a nice example of like Kanye going from maximal to minimal, right? Because mm-hmm. he's able to channel a lot of what he does in this song just in his first verse in the remix. And, you know, which way is better, I think just comes down to preference, but it just shows Kanye's ability to go like big or refine down to something that uh, still packs a punch. Oh, totally. And again, like this is Kanye's producing skills on display that it, it it has a different power when you do that. Like when you just jump right into the drop and you bring in the harpsichord and the drums and and the, and the horns and all that, like it, it kind of blows up quicker. And like th- there's a there's a reason for that. Like there's some like you whether you notice it or not, like your brain processes it differently. And there's a reason behind everything he's doing. Yes. Our guy has his reasons. Okay. okay. We love him for it. <laughs> uh, well, so that hook, you do get diamonds are forever, right? Repeating. And then Kanye coming in saying, throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe, which now makes this very direct comparison to like Rockefeller and throwing your diamonds in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which also is a direct reference to the WCW former heavyweight champion, Diamond Dallas Page. Of course it is. He actually sued Rockefeller. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, man. If we could have met him at Sundance, I would have loved to ask him about that. 
we did meet him at Sundance. Wait, did we? I thought he wasn't. When did we meet him? Because, well, this we is a little met... inside baseball here, but we did go to a party where he was supposed to be there. Yeah, so we were at Sundance one year and saw this documentary at Slamdance called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And Jake was there, Diamond Dallas Page was there, Scott Hall was there, and I think that was it, of like the wrestlers. And, you know, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, amazing. And then uh, afterwards, I think right there, we got to talk to Diamond Dallas Page like briefly, right? And then the Uh. next night or that night, we were supposed to go to the party or we went to the party and it was the Royal Rumble. And it was at the place that like Jake the Snake, Scott Hall and Diamond Dallas Page were staying, but they ended up... uh, DDP ended up saying he had to like fly home for something and then surprised everybody by appearing in the Royal Rumble. So it was kind of crazy to watch like DDP like yeah. on the TV and then he gets eliminated and goes to the back and then immediately you see his wife's phone ring and she answers yeah. and it's just like, oh my God. And you're hearing his voice. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. That strange. I yeah. will say this is the reason Chris remembers so because he, pro- you're probably the one that walked up the DDP and was like, "Hi, talk to me and be my new best friend," and I'm just cowering in the corner. I just had to say, like, I, <laughs> I loved, I loved watching you wrestle. <laughs> but so here, 2005, Diamond Dallas sues Jay Z over diamond cutter hand sign. Oh. So. Former pro wrestler Diamond Dallas Page is suing Jay-Z, claiming the hip-hop heavyweight has illegally adopted his trademark hand gesture, the diamond cutter, as his own. And uh, I think he won because he had been using it for years. Wow. I didn't even know you could patent something like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't doubt. Um so every time Kanye like threw the hand gesture up, he had to pay DDP fifty dollars. That's not too bad. <laughs> uh, but throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe, and then diamonds are forever. The rock is still alive every time I rhyme, and I think that's kind of like a key line, right? Is still alive every oh, time really? I rhymes. So it's almost he's admitting in some way that you know the rock is on. It's last leg like it's kind of fallen apart it's not going to be what it was but i am carrying the spirit of this thing and as long as i'm rhyming like Rockefeller is still going uh, but then you get the lines forever ever forever ever forever ever and that is a reference to outcast specifically the song miss jackson King meets queen, then the puppy love fame together. Dream about that crib with the good year swing on the oak tree. I hope we feel like this forever, 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 ever, forever, ever, forever. Never seems that long until you're grown and notice that the day by day ruler can't be too wrong. Miss Jackson, my intentions were good. I wish I could bring it full circle here. Here we go. And <laughs> uh, you get in the second verse Andre 3000 saying, uh, I hope we feel like this forever, 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 ever, forever, ever, ever, forever, never seems that long until you're grown and notice that day by day ruler can't be too wrong. Miss Jackson, my intentions were good. I wish I could become a magician to abracadabra all the sadder thoughts of me, thoughts of she, thoughts of he, asking what happened to the feelings that her and me had. And you know more about the background of this song that can elaborate on those lines. Yeah, well, Andre 3000 would 
was with Erica Badu for a few years and they had a kid. And then I guess I don't know enough to know why they broke up, but it, it seems like, I guess from the song, a situation where Andre 3000 broke her heart and he's too nervous to address the mom. So he addresses her through the song saying he's sorry for whatever happened between them. And I mean, that's the literal context behind the song, but it's to me, it's just more interesting, like blowing it up to on a bigger level and like what that represents, especially to Kanye on this song. To me, he's referencing those lines by saying like, okay, when you start it on a marriage of somebody or a relationship of somebody, you have all of these aspirations of what it'll be. Like Audrey 2000 says like puppy love, you know, that's what it feels like. And when you're in that stage, anything's possible, all things are good and nothing bad could ever possibly happen to the two of you. Right. Um, but of course, like they broke up and I think Connie's channeling that. And again, like looking at diamonds as a, a person, like this, this thing, he can have a relationship some, with and like that a relationship that could be fulfilling and to where Andre 2000 was being a little uh sarcastic ironic and saying like well of course it's not always in the puppy love stage for Kanye it's like you can't have a relationship like that with diamonds like this isn't real like you, you all Kanye really has a relationship with is what he thinks success is supposed to be. And at this stage of the song, it's just material things, which isn't sustainable. Oh, man. You took that to a place, <laughs> a deep and emotional place. I'm going to go ahead and log off now. You got this right. <laughs> yeah. No, after that, I need to log off. You got yeah. this right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just so much like, that's like packed into this, right? Like, it really feels like the epicenter of the album and just like you as you're talking like Kanye's relationship with fame and then also like him coming to terms with the fact that like this thing Rockefeller that he thought was going to be forever is also probably not going to be forever right, right. like the same disbelief that Andre 3000 kind of captures in his repetition of forever ever Kanye brings into this part of the song and we see in the verse both things play out, right? We have, as you're talking about, Kanye's relationship with fame. And then as we get to near the end of the song, more of Kanye's relationship with his label and yeah. what that means. And just his ability to navigate both topics in this song and weave them together is just what makes Kanye so amazing. He's our man. Mm. Okay. So this is where the plagiarism happens. <laughs> All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. Close your eyes and imagine, feel the magic. Vegas on acid, seen through East St. Laurent glasses. And I've realized that I've arrived cause it take more than a magazine to kill my vibe. Does he write his own rhymes? Just sort of, I thank him. That mean I forgot better shit than you ever thought of. Damn, is he really that caught up? I ask if you talking about classes, do my name get brought up? Yeah, as we just like praise him, uh, it's like, all right, he plagiarized these lines. So, you know, maybe he wrote the lines. I don't know. Uh, To begin with. So My Way Home, you may remember from earlier in the album, was initially going to be on Common's album and then wasn't on Common's album and then ended up on Kanye's album. 
They say home is where the hate is, my dome is where fate is. I stroll where souls get lost like Vegas. Seen through the eyes of rebel glasses. Pray to God that my arms reach the masses. The young smoke grass and grassless jungles. So that song starts with common saying, they say home is where the hate is, my dome is where fate is. I stroll where souls get lost like Vegas, seen through the eyes of rebel glasses. Pray to God that my arms reach the masses. And then you start off this verse on Diamonds from Sierra Leone OG with, close your eyes and imagine, feel the magic, Vegas on acid, seen through Yves Saint Laurent glasses. Hmm. Yeah, and you want to call Connie out, right? Maybe we should, uh, if we get ever get him on the show, this is the first question we ask him. Why did you plagiarize Common? <laughs> right? Did, did Common plagiarize you? Did you plagiarize Common? Did you write those lines for Common? Did you just reinvent those lines? Like, what's the deal, man? All right. So, what's yes, we are here to publicly call out Connie and ask him why he plagiarized. But we are also watching the throne, which means we need to deeply read into the line and come up with some crazy answer to why he did it, which I will now do. Uh, to me, I, I guess <laughs> this feels, this is so similar to the common line that like it feels purposeful and that on my way home in this section of the album, common is the kind of this wizened figure who's looking around and seeing all of the problems. And then in this part of the album, we're seeing all of those problems, like Connie's still struggling with like all of these sayings he has to go through as a black person like being rich and famous like doesn't mean he doesn't have to go through all these other things that still affect people and so i i think on my way home common is somebody who um is a little more grown up and realizes that and is more contemplative about everything as opposed to like being somebody who's presenting a way out to where here on diamonds from sierra leone like that need to uh be that figure, that that larger than life figure that can see all this happening around the world, uh, to be that and to be responsible with your artistic output, that escapes Kanye. To where his comments, you know, looks through everything that's happening through those glasses and sees all the bad. Kanye is just putting on the glasses and like being a superstar. He's got ego. It's Vegas on acid. Like he he's really leaning into the image of that as opposed to recognizing that he isn't like everyone else around him and that he has a responsibility to uh, be a leader for those people. Yeah, like, and it just gets at like the perspective, right? Because you see Common saying that I stroll where souls get lost like Vegas, seen through the eyes of Rebel Glasses. Like he's an observer of these people and there's this distance and he's kind of commenting on it, making like mention of it. Where Kanye is saying, like, close your eyes and imagine, feel the magic, Vegas on acid, seen through Eve St. Laurent glasses, and I've realized that I've arrived. Like, he's one of those souls almost. Like, he's in it. He's, like, all about it. He's not somebody that's, like, watching and commenting from, like, a, a mentor kind of perspective or right. just, like, a, a leader perspective. He's just like, yo, is it this awesome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do wonder, like, part of me, like, getting to more, like, the meta aspects of it, I wonder if because Kanye knew that this was, like, cut, there was a time where he mm -hmm. just really liked that image or those lines. 
so took them it was going to include them but then once he decided that he could use it for my way home and just like <laughs> ditched this and remade interesting so your theory is that he didn't do he didn't use the remix on the album because he respected jay-z so much he did it because he was like oh fuck like we kept the comments on on <laughs> i can't i can't copy the line so i'll just keep it a bonus track <laughs> i think not quite that <laughs> but i i do wonder if like if he hadn't had my way home like there wasn't room for both on the album so it's like maybe yeah. my way home was it like part of it when the og diamonds from sierra leone was part of it but then when he decided to use diamonds from sierra leone and he knew he was going to do the remix he just like Mm. went back to it or maybe he just would have kept it anyway and had the call back so now what your theory is is that because he kept jay-z on the album he was like you know what i'll throw common a bone i'll throw that song back on because i'm not using <laughs> the line anymore yeah that's 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 it that's a little better that, that makes him like he did a nice thing for somebody <laughs> who can know i do i do want to know well first question we'll ask him when he gets on the show <laughs> Yeah. So you have Kanye like just feeling the magic, right? Like this is what he's getting out of fame. Like I've realized that I've arrived, which also captures that we major energy. Sure. Because um, it take more than a magazine to kill my vibe, which uh, what vibe only gave him four out of five on college mm. dropout, I think. It's a war crime. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the great thing about this first verse though is um i mean the way the whole song is set up not to give too much away uh you could skip forward in this part of the episode if you don't want to hear me say all this but basically Kanye's gonna go from this place in the first verse there's really no direction to the first verse it's just like a collection of complaints kanye has <laughs> like i'm awesome and these people don't realize i'm awesome and fuck them and he's slowly going to build his way to a place where he realizes like none of that matters. Like you need to be a leader to people. But I mean, it, that's really all what's happening in this first verse is like, this person looks down to me. This person doesn't believe in me. They want me to live like this. Like fuck all of them. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yes. Like, no, no, <laughs> including vibe. I won't. Yeah. Vibe. You know, they haven't even talked about our podcast once. Oof, that's how you know they're no good. <laughs> uh, and we get, does he write his own rhymes? Well, sort of, I think them. That mean I forgot better shit than you ever thought of, which... It's a good insult. Yeah, that's a great insult. Yeah, at this time, he wasn't writing anything down. It wasn't until My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that he finally started or according to him, started writing things down. But he was rapping at people all the time mm -hmm. and then also had somebody constantly following him with a video camera <laughs> and would watch back through uh, the filming to kind of remember lines that he said or like compare what he had been thinking or what somebody said to kind of reshape a song. Gosh, it'd be like if the Truman Show, like, each day Truman would look back on the footage and think like, oh, I'm going to do that different. I'm going to do this different. <laughs> and maybe Truman would have had a more exciting life. Who knows? Uh, uh, damn, is he really that caught up? That's what somebody's saying to him, right? Yeah. And he's like, I ask if you're talking about classics, do my name get brought up? 
which is like bold, right? It's been a year since the college dropout came out and he's already like, do I get brought up in classics? Was like college dropout an instant classic? Yeah. And he's saying classics, meaning he has more than one. So is he also signaling like, well, wait, registration will be a classic. (laughs) I hope so. You know so. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I remember I couldn't afford a Ford Escort, I even a Ford track recorder. So it's only right that I let the top drop on a drop top Porsche. It's for yourself, that's important. If you strip a name Porsche and you get tips from any man, then your fat friend, her nickname is Minivan. Excuse me, that's just a henny man. I smoke, I drink, I'm supposed to stop, I can't because. Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. I remember I couldn't afford a Ford Escort or even a four-track recorder. It kind of comes back to what we heard him talk about on like Touch the Sky and uh, Drive Slow and some of these other songs where he's been really reflective about his past. Mm. Um, I really connect with this line, by the way. Did you drive a Ford Escort? I did. Did I ever tell you about when it broke down? Uh, Maybe not. Well, it was... uh, it was one of the last, not my last day. It wasn't the last day, but it was getting towards the end of my stint in Iowa, which Chris, this is where you'll really relate to it. Um, oh, that was an escort. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, I was driving to work one day and like, I'm the kind of person who's just like, I shouldn't own a car, especially if I'm not in a, in a relationship where somebody is like managing the things I do and <laughs> managing finances and stuff because I don't take care of my car. I didn't make enough money to take care of a car. I mean, I did, but I didn't have any intentions of saving money to like make sure I could take care of a car. So basically, my car was slowly breaking down over the course of time. And one day I was driving, I had to drive like 20 minutes to my newspaper job uh, in Waverly, Iowa. Props. Um, <laughs> and I would drive on the highway and like I was heading towards the exit ramp for Waverly and I could tell my, my car like started to shake and I looked down at the odometer and like the needles moving like back and forth rapidly and like I could tell the car is breaking down. So I'm just like, and and I can't, I don't want to stop the car because the second I stop the car, like I know it's not going to start back up. So I'm just like, I am I get into town and I'm like slowly moving through town. I'm going like 20, 30 miles an hour, just like keeping it going and just praying that I like, I don't get a red light <laughs> and I keep getting green lights and I find turn into like a Walmart parking lot. I'm like, fuck, I'll just like park in the parking lot. And like, this is better than stopping in the middle of the middle of the road. And I'm like slowly and the car's like slowly dying. Like it's getting slower and slower. And I'm just like <laughs> weaving my way through the Walmart parking lot. And I'm coming up to a spot and my car dies right in the last parking spot of the Walmart parking lot. Wow. That's where it, uh, that's where it remains to this day. No, I had someone come pick it up so I could junk it. Wow. So you got like every last ounce of energy out of that car that it had. I really did. And the other serendipitous thing is it broke down 
in the Walmart parking lot, which was across the street from a junkyard. So <laughs> they just came over and got it, gave me a couple hundred bucks. So really, I made money on this deal. <laughs> That's a... Uh... Might be the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. So basically, I'm just saying I really relate to this line. What uh, was that? The car that somebody threw like a brick through? It was. Man, that car went through a lot in Iowa. Yeah, fucking Iowa. Hmm. I, you write for a newspaper, by the way. You get a, you make a lot of enemies. I was a one of my neighbors said that they were from Iowa, and I told them that you know <laughs> I had lived in Cedar Falls, and the guy was like, "Oh, I uh, I went to school in Waverly." I was like, oh, oh my friend like wrote for the Waverly newspaper for a little bit. He's like, I delivered that paper back in the day. Uh, <laughs> wow, we should connect. Yeah, yeah. On LinkedIn. Yeah. I think you two would have all kinds of Waverly newspaper. I mean, you're like 30 years apart or 20 years apart in terms of like when you would have been right. doing Waverly things. But But when you live in Waverly, you're connected. Yeah. It's that kind of place. Yeah, it really is. Okay, so I couldn't afford a Ford Escort or even a four-track recorder. It's a music equipment, you know? <laughs> so it's only right that I let the top That's drop That's the kind off. of insight you're going to get on a music-centric podcast. <laughs> uh, a lyric-centric podcast. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so I let the top drop on a drop-top Porsche. Look at those rhymes. Bars. I like that. Spoil yourself. That's important, Ooh. you know? Sometimes I mean, you got to. That's a telling line, though. Like, to Kanye, in this position, spoiling yourself is important. <laughs> like, when you make that much money, you need to spoil yourself to escape all these troubles that he's been talking about the entire album, as opposed to, I mean, the opposite of that. Like, it, it really sets up the irony of the song and the importance and power that music has and what his artistic output means to the world. Also a reminder that cars are such a motif on this album. Oh, yeah. From like heard him say in like Alu Akbar and throwing some hot cars to drive slow to now like the Ford Escorts. And then we'll see on like, hey, mama, he talks about getting his mama car like just cars come up over and over again as this like important part of making it. Mm. And he gets more into it here with the, the minivan <laughs> shit. Yeah, if you're a stripper named Porsche and you get tips from many men, which I had a period of trying to like find a reference to the 50 Cent song, Many Men, <laughs> which is like, you know, many you men. You just always want to talk about 50 Cent, though. Uh, Kanye does, too, it seems. That's true. Like, he has a number of fitty references. But like, you know, Many Men is such a great song. Like, many men wish death upon me, blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be and guys trying to take my life away. Ugh. It's good stuff. Like, that's some bring me down energy right there. Ooh. Uh, but, <laughs> and you get tips from many men, then your fat friend, her nickname is minivan, which I don't think is quite a line that would make it in 2020. <laughs> uh, maybe in a Kanye song, but he's already canceled. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You can, <laughs> get away with things uh excuse me that's just the henny man so he's even he knows that it's like insulting yeah um do you read into these lines i was trying to like assign some meaning to these lines because i find them a little confusing 
But I almost wonder if it's Kanye being a little self-aware. I mean, he has the Henny line, so he's like acknowledging that like, oh, I just said this when I was drunk, like it's dumb. But I, I was just kind of wondering, is he saying that like, he's talking about having a Porsche and how fucking awesome it is that he has a Porsche and he's spoiling himself, he's great, right? But Porsche is this luxurious and sought after girl who's really just giving it up to every dude. Like there's nothing special about her. Everybody gets a turn with her. There's nothing special or unique about her to Kanye. So like maybe he's saying that. Oh, oh wow. I didn't think about that. Like, ooh. Because the As tips from like, many men to me, that's like, you know, a tip. I don't have to spell it out for you. Like she's giving it up. Well, she's a stripper, right? Like, and strippers do sometimes have uh, side work. It's sure. not just like on stage or in the back room. I mean, I don't know from experience, but it has to happen. I've seen Sopranos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it happens in Sopranos. So it must be real. But yeah, that is because, hmm. I mean, there's multiple ways to like take that comparison. The one just like that jumps out to me is that on All Falls Down, Kanye talks about how you name your daughter Alexis because you want a car that you couldn't afford, right? So that's the next best thing. I wonder if there's a little bit of that like energy here. We know that like stripper names tend to be like a little ridiculous, right? Like Cinnamon or I don't think Mistletoe's one, but like Porsche. Like just... <laughs> We spend a lot of time strip cubs, you can tell. Yeah. Uh, Angel. Like, there's just, like, names that you are kind of cliche when it comes to strippers. But I do wonder if there's a little bit of that, like, all falls down energy. Like, she can't afford a Porsche. She calls herself Porsche. But also, I'd never thought about it in how you said, like, he talks about having this Porsche, but then immediately talks about, like, a stripper that's named. And I'm sorry if you're someone that says, like, Porsche. And you're just like freaking out over like <laughs> saying Porsche over again. But uh, there's now a stripper named Porsche and just this idea that, yeah, like the car that seems so important isn't as important. Like there's many men that can get Porsches. So is it really that special of a thing? Uh, yeah. Versus the idea of like it is a special thing. And that's why this woman will like pick that name because she can't afford it huh and then like i wonder if he's saying that self-aware thought which is like kind of a deep reflective thought and then has this line then your fat friend her nickname is minivan excuse me that's just a henny man so he goes from like somebody who's capable of like this deep thought of like this introspection but is also so indulgent in the celebrity life that he's drunk and has to follow up that deep line with like something stupid yeah which you know it makes me think about uh, kind of breathe in, breathe out Kanye. Here we go. I knew it would come up. <laughs> You're I, always trying to talk about breathe in, breathe out. I am always trying to talk about breathe in, breathe out. Just because it's such a song where Kanye is self-aware of like making bullshit ice rap and like playing into the stereotype. Right. And we hear him make like a similar line on uh, slow jams and talk like, light skin friend looks like Michael Jackson, dark skin friend looks like Michael Jackson, which is funny. But here you have like Porsche and minivan and him just kind of making these jokes, but also having the self-awareness to know like part of me is only making these jokes because I'm drunk and because, 
you know, people tend to respond well to them, but eh, it's mm. just what I feel like I have to do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Part of me now what? wonders if like the Porsche isn't even like necessarily the car. Like we think he's referring to the car, but could he like just be talking about getting a stripper too? Like, and the top drop on a drop top Porsche is like a topless stripper. Hmm. Oof. Layers. Yeah. All right. Well, then the verse closes with, I smoke, I drink. I'm supposed to stop. I can't because. And I smoke, I drink, you may remember, uh, is a body headbanger song. I drink. I supposed to stop, but I can't. I'm a dog. I love hope. And I'm addicted to money, cars, and clothes. And the chorus is, I smoke, I drink, I'm supposed to stop, but I can't. I'm a dog, I love hoes, and I'm addicted to money, cars, and clothes. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Seems like kind of an obvious interpolation. Yeah, so it's like... The last song was Addiction, and now here we have Kanye at the end of this verse saying, I smoke, I drink, I'm supposed to stop, and I can't because I'm addicted to money, cars, and clothes. Mm. That's that's the great part of Kanye's narrative, though, is like you always see the progression. Like Addiction, he's deep in it and can't escape it. And here, like we're seeing him make the transition out of it and realizing that like he needs to leave this kind of life behind if he's going to do more with his career. Yep. Of Maybe that's why I had Breathe In, Breathe Out brought up too, because that uh, I'm addicted to money, cars, and clothes made me think about, always said if I rapped, I'd say something significant, but now I'm rapping about money, hoes, and rims again. Mm. There's just like a similar a similar flow to that, though. Yeah. Body Headbangers came out in 2004, or I Smoke, I Drank it, so maybe not. You know what? We're just going to have to ask Kanye. As soon as he gets in That's here. Right. Yay. Get over here. <laughs> but it at least it at least starts to point out the fact that there's like this continuation of addiction and this negative aspect of a lifestyle that we've seen develop over the course of late registration that Kanye will soon address in the second verse. Oh man. I can't wait to get to it. And luckily it's only forty bars long, so it shouldn't take that long. <laughs> Oh, man, this almost feels like the time we're like, join in next time. <laughs> Most shows would have the uh, sense to split this into two parts. Nope, not us. Yeah, not us. Not us. All right, so verse two. Sick about awards, couldn't nobody cure me. Only player that got robbed and kept all his jewelry. Nisha Keys tried to talk some sense in him. 30 minutes later, seen there's no convincing him. What more could you ask for? The international asshole. Who complain about when he is old and throw a tantrum like he is three years old? You gotta love it though, somebody still speak from his soul. And what ain't changed by the change or the game or the fame when he came in again. I was sick about awards, couldn't nobody cure me? Only player that got robbed but kept all his jewelry. Uh, still pissed that he's not winning awards. Yeah, though now he pisses on his Grammy. So That's true. So, I do think it's funny that uh, everyone freaked out about the Taylor Swift thing. 
which you know it's understandable to freak out about something like that but that was blown up so much because it was taylor swift (laughs) and like nobody realized that like connie's done this like so many times like he's run up on stage before taylor he had run up on stage before and he had stormed out of award shows like that's just the way connie was for a long time yeah when he stormed on stage when what's the group called like starts with an e oh yeah who were those british fucks uh no justice it was justice justice yeah uh when they won the european music video award kanye like went up on stage and was just like i spent a million dollars like on my video and i like i'm sure your video is great but like i didn't win and people applauded him <laughs> yeah. like, applauded him and then <laughs> when he interrupts taylor he's just like go to hell the villain yeah so no wonder why kanye left america and was like living in paris he's like yeah, the people seriously. love me here um yeah alicia keys tried to talk some sense in him so alicia is the one being like calm down kanye uh, <laughs> 30 minutes could, later seeing there's no convincing if there's anybody yeah. i trust to calm kanye down it's alicia keys it just feels like she would be so great when she was on the voice she did a great job so and when she hosted the grammys like man she's just like so smooth and calm like i could have gone to bed listening to her host the award show yeah she's like a lake like a perfect picturesque lake of just like serenity chris has been writing a lot of poetry lately so you have to forgive him <laughs> i have been <laughs> i have been you can find it in the closest dumpster that's the name of your next poem right alicia keys is a lake yeah <laughs> and then i just repeat that three times and call it a haiku art yeah Read it and weep. Uh, what more could you ask for the international asshole? Yeah, so Kanye's already leaning into this persona uh, who complain about what he is owed and throw a tantrum like tantrum like he is three years old. It, so he's starting to get like pretty harsh on himself, right? Like knowing that he's viewed as an asshole like and that he's throwing a tantrum like he's three years old. Yeah, what I like about all this is like he is setting himself up that way, but he's also like, it's with Kanye. It's always the beauty and the and the ugliness mixed together. Where like, it's not a bad thing to believe in yourself and think you're owed thing like to to prop yourself up and to and to aspire for more. But the way Kanye does it, like he's known as the international asshole. Like he pushes people away. There's like good and bad mixed there, and I feel like the course of this verse is him learning to mix those properly like it's okay to have an ego it's okay to you know stand on a mountain and like and like say and like where am i going with this <laughs> to like believe in yourself that much ultimately like that yeah. that's a good thing but you have to do it from a place of responsibility you have to be able to mix that with your leadership and know what kind of impression you're giving off to people yeah right like it can be refreshing that you're somebody that still speaks from a soul but there's a there's still a way to do it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but Kanye, not quite there yet. He says, and would it change by the change or the game or the fame? So he's saying that he's like, he's kind of digging into that he's not being changed by the game or fame and still speaking from his soul, which is interesting on a song where, or an album where he has talked so much about how he has fallen prey to like addictions and like what fame 
gives so the fact mm. that he's like saying that he hasn't changed i guess some spots like parts of him haven't but hmm. yeah it's an interesting line it, again like there's goodness in that like i'll never change like i'll always be the guy who believes in himself but as you're seeing like it's it's propelled him to like a level where he's not very relatable when he came in the game he made his own lane that's very true Hell yeah. now <laughs> now all i need is y'all to pronounce my name it's kanye but some of my plaques they still uh. say kane yeah, the plaques line, I think, is one that still stands out to this day, even with this song not releasing. <laughs> like, mm. I feel like it's a line that Kanye fans like know and know well. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I hey, I've accidentally typed Kane before when I'm Googling Kanye. It happens. It's easy to do, you know, you just it's easy to do. <laughs> uh, but it does like get into this where it feels like Kanye is really feeling that sense of like establishments and establishing his name and making sure people like see him, hear him and respect him and like what he brings to the table. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you, you really feel that when you think about like the entirety of the album and like where it starts, I've heard him say and this need to touch the sky to blow up, to represent something to people. And after all of that, after all the success you've had, you still can't get your name fucking spelled right on the plaque. Like, what can you do? Yeah. Has some of that, like, Rose's energy. Like, you're famous enough to where you have nurses asking for your autograph, but you're not famous enough to where you get the best doctors that can save your grandma. Exactly. I got family in the D, which Detroit, Mm. kinfolk from Motown. Back in the shy, them folks ain't from Motown, which is a reference to, uh, what was it, like the P-Stones? Yeah, you think at this point we'd be expert on Chicago Gaines, but we keep forgetting what <laughs> who all these people are. Yes, and this is the group that Kanye had referenced back in Drive Slow, talking about like Molly yeah. like was in with the Stones, like his hat broke way off, and na- nicknamed Kanye the Rock. K-Rock, that's what it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, that's uh, also kind of foreshadowing of, like, Diamonds from Sierra Leone and being all about Rockefeller, right? Mm, wow. Patterns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and there was also, like, Folks was also a rival gang. So, like, you had the Folks, they weren't from Motown, and, like, just the gang stuff. Um life moving too fast i need to slow down like so here he's like very much recalling like drive slow and putting into perspective that he's maybe gone a little too fast yeah i love this part and like what the song transitions to after this because i mean up to this point both verse one and verse two Kanye's just like talking a hundred mile an hour. He's going from this person to that person, this entity to that entity that doesn't respect him. He's complaining about how nobody recognizes greatness. It's not enough for Kanye to win awards. He has to win every award. It And if he doesn't, it's an insult to his artistry. Like 
all of these things that are consuming him and literally life is moving too fast. Like he's focused. When you focus on all those things, it will feel like life is moving too fast. And when he slows down, when he takes a step back and looks at himself, like that's when the rest of the verse kicks in. And that's when he realizes what's more fulfilling and what's more important to people. Yep. Oh, you still have that one last moment of girl ain't give me no ass. You need to go down. Damn it. I forgot about that part. It's just one last moment of like owed sex. And, but it serves as the transition, right? Yeah, like right. my father been said, I need Jesus. Like, yeah. After saying something like that, you may need to like, yeah, reflect a little bit on where your morality is. Totally. Not far off from like years later when you would refer to a bleached asshole. Yep. And it shook the world to its very core. <laughs> Yep. So his dad kind of comes through here, uh, says he needs Jesus. So took me to church and let the water wash over my Caesar, which Caesar is your crown, um, just your head. Uh, it's also, uh, said, isn't it his haircut? Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> but he Thank could have you. been wearing a crown for all we know. <laughs> he had his Caesar haircut. Um Ba, ba, ba. But the preacher said we need leaders, which this gets to what we've been talking about this whole time, right? Like Kanye trying to figure out how to be a leader and maybe lacking a little bit of that self-awareness of the impact he does have, but also being aware of it. But here it's being put like into perspective, like, hey, we need you to step up. Yeah. And then right then my body got still like a paraplegic, like that's a powerful line because again the whole the, this entire song has been like out of control Kanye going from this to that all these things that don't matter and then he has this moment where like his body goes numb like and he it's I feel like that's a feeling a lot of people could recognize when you have those moments and you realize like what's important and what way you need to be leading your life like this is it for Kanye like he needs to be a leader and, and in that moment he realizes like all these things he's complaining about and thinks he cares about like don't really matter yeah it's just a nice uh dichotomy i love it mm. uh you know who you call you got a message then leave it okay <laughs> uh <laughs> is this kanye ignoring his text again yeah i guess uh <laughs> i guess it's saying that you like you know who you call like so you should call me if you need a leader and if you got a message, then like leave it with me and I'll like get back to you kind of thing. Is that what he's getting at? Yeah, I, I guess so. That is a, that's a really strange line to come after the paraplegic thing. You would think he'd want to take those messages. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's what he is. You, you got a message and leave it and I'll get back to you at an sure. appropriate time. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's when we start to transition now into much more of the Rockefeller section. So after him saying we need leaders and Kanye understanding this, he brings it back to 
The Rock, which at this point was in the midst of a leadership crisis, which is kind of interesting for Kanye to kind of acknowledge that and then be like, ah, look at me. It's going to be me. <laughs> uh, he's already like kind of referring to like Caesar's haircut, but you know, you had the, the emperors and each one was named Caesar and there was a succession. And Kanye even says like big K pick up where young Hove left off a few lines later. So Kanye is kind of starting to bring up this idea of yeah. taking over. Um, the rock stand tall and you would never believe it, which maybe that's in reference to the fact that there's like all this drama currently going on. And he's like, yo, you may never believe it, but the rock is still like tall and the rock's still strong. I love that line. Cause it, it recognizes leadership as more than again, more than just like an image you're giving off. Like leadership is indestructible in that way where like the rock will always represent what it represented, even if it crumbles from within because of like all these dumb petty reasons, like it still existed and it still meant a lot to people. And it showed someone like Kanye that like anything is possible. So it it's, even if you don't believe it's standing tall physically, like it's, it's there, it still represents something. Yep. 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 Like the rock Gibraltar. One absolutely dare say, <laughs> uh, so then he follows that up with like take your diamonds and throw them up like you bulimic great great line yep yeah yep very serious thing people deal with and <laughs> Kanye turns it into a bar absolutely that's what he does and it's not like the only one talking about like a, a physical ailment right like yeah yeah the beat cold but the flow is anemic well I feel so like that's why he f- says it like he's talking about uh bodily functions at this point that's the theme yeah it just then leaves off of it but he got those he got those two in there <laughs> and what it's just like if you're anemic you get cold easily yeah there's a strangely this seems to be the most dissected and debated line on genius um but the theory i like is like basically the beat cold so God, I don't even know. I'm not a I'm not a biology major, but basically like anemic is like you can't supply enough oxygen to yourself. So like Connie's just talking at, you know, 100 mile an hour out of control. You can't stop him and on top of that the beat's cold. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and then what the other person said that the so that Ockley W talks about the oxygen and then the initial annotation talks about just like the flow's sick. Yeah. My goodness. And then there's so. another one. You saw the other annotation, right? No. Oh, God. Here we go. I'm just going to read oh, it. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Also in the same theme, am I the only one who spots the perhaps not so obvious homonym of beet cold, i.e. the vitamin B complex combined nutritional supplements for health benefits, meaning in this context that the beet is rich slash healthy slash hard, but his flow is sick, i.e. anemic. It lacks enough blood cells in which the B-Co should cure. That is Sola Adi Bunmi, <laughs> who wrote that a year ago. Yeah. And I actually thought it was ridiculous and then started looking into like B-Co and like, I don't know, kind of <laughs> liked it. I, that guy deserves some sort of award. I don't know if it's a good board or a bad <laughs> award, but he needs to be recognized. <laughs> yeah, is it an Oscar or a Razzie? <laughs> 
Exactly. Uh, but just Kanye kind of like showing off some of his, I mean, I guess lyrical prowess in terms yeah. of like references and metaphors. But the flow is anemic After debris settles and the dust gets swept off Big K pick up where young hove left off Right when magazines wrote Kanye West off I dropped my new shit, it sound like the best of A&R's looking like, we messed up Grammy night, damn right, we got dressed up Bottle after bottle till we got messed up In the studio, we're really though, yeah, he next up People asking me is I'm gonna give my chain back and then after debris settles and the dust gets swept off, Big K pick up where Young Hove left off. Yeah. And, you know, debris settles and the dust gets swept off, like talking about like what Rockefeller is currently going through, right? Yeah. And it, it really gives power, I think, even more power to the rock stand tall and you would never believe it. So like, even if it's fallen and there's dust and debris, like it's still there and I'm going to be the one that carries the torch. Yeah, and just the fact, too, that you have Kanye saying, like, forever, ever, and it was hinting at the fact that there was issues, but now he's saying, like, yeah, forever. Like, I'm going to carry the torch, and we're going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, right when magazines wrote Kanye West off, is he still mad at Vibe? <laughs> I think he might be. Uh, I thought he was over that. I dropped my new shit. It sound like the best of. Uh. <laughs> I wonder, is that like a, a reference to the college dropout, like being delayed so much that they're just like, oh, we're writing Kanye off or the fact that late registration was like now coming out? I don't know, but they shouldn't go up against Kanye West. It's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. As he says, A&R is looking like Psh, we messed up. Yeah. As you know, from last call, he went to like all these A&Rs and they wouldn't sign them. And just for uh, those Grant, who don't know, what does A&R mean, Chris? Uh, artists and... Uh, uh, really cool. Repertoire? Ar artists and repertoire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just know that like, A&Rs are the ones that like scout artists and like work with them and like develop things. Like, mm -hmm. Boo was an A&R for a long time. Mm. Um, it was actually the A&R on Watch the Throne. Mm. Again, this is the kind of inside baseball you're going to get from us. That's right. Now he's a manager of Kanye, <laughs> specifically. Uh, but Grammy night, damn right, we get dressed up bottle after bottle till we got messed up, which kind of brings us full circle like a little bit. The verse yeah. starts with like him being upset at the Grammys, but now it's just like two lines and we move on. Like in the studio with really doe, yeah, he next up. So it's like, okay, he's now being a leader in this situation rather than just focusing on himself and how aggrieved he felt by those circumstances. Yeah, I love this. That again, I think this is where Kanye finally mixes the ego and the ambition properly. Like you can be egotistical and think you're the best and propel yourself, but like just be aware of like your place and your status and what you represent to people. I, I think that's good. I, I think Kanye is inspirational, inspirational to a lot of people because, you know, <laughs> he did show up to the Grammys, like ready to party and like wants to have fun. There's something about that you can root for. Yes. Is it, we don't care that has the, the mention of really though. Oh gosh. I don't remember it's that. It's always, 
where he talks about like really doe going up in some dude's house Ooh. well you know we have the yeah, internet yeah. at our disposal <laughs> okay so we don't care the second verse uh he talks about the second verse is for my dogs working nine to five that's still a hustle because you can't shine off of 655 and everybody's selling makeup jacobs and bootleg tapes just to get the cake up we put shit on layaway, then come back. We claim other people's kids or income tax. We take that money, cop work, then push packs to get paid, and we don't care what people say. Mama says she want to move south, scratching lottery tickets, eyes on a new house. Around the same time, Doe ran up in dude's house. Couldn't get a job, so he couldn't get work. He figured he'd take work. That's really Doe. He's just talking about really Doe running up in a dude's house to, like, steal stuff. And now look at him. He's on Wee Major. Yeah. And he's just talking about like, you know, really does like next up. And that kind of, I think, gets back to some of the message that Kanye has talked about and what we'll see in Jay-Z's verse on Diamonds from Sierra Leone about bringing others along and helping others the way that like you got helped now that you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a, an important callback, I think, yeah. to where they were and where they're going to be. It's pretty awesome. People asking me if I'm gonna give my chain back. Who, like, is he gonna stop wearing his Rockefeller chain? Uh, I guess maybe because he went with Jay rather than like Damon Biggs. Uh-huh. I don't know, but he's saying that'll be the same day I give the game back. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Never. Uh, you know the next question, dog. Yo, where Dame at? And there. So this is where you can tell he's still talking about. Rockefeller and this idea of like the drama like you know that people are like asking all these questions and they're saying yo where's where's Dame at he's not around anymore and Kanye's response here is just this track the Indian dance to bring our rain back which I think might be my favorite line on the album Uh, it's cool yeah yeah just because you talk about you don't really talk about but i remember as a kid growing up you'd hear about like indian rain dances to bring like weather mm-hmm. and kanye using that is it hominin here of like rain and rain so instead of like the weather talking about their actual like caesar like an emperor the reign of their empire back and this song is supposed to as we said up front like be something meaningful that tries to bridge the gap heal the fights or battle that's going on between dame and jay or just try to reestablish some momentum for rockefeller in some way that's going to put them at the top once again 
Yeah, I mean, to think about the build-up to that line is pretty incredible. Like, the structure of the song has been Kanye being indulgent, being egotistical, and and how that's led him down a, a bad path. And then he, you know, he goes to church and recognizes what's important. And he starts to, I think, shift in the opposite direction. And part of that shift is thinking about what happened to Rockefeller and how bad that is. Because if Rockefeller cr- crumbles, like... That's going to bring a lot of people down. That's going to make a lot of people think like, oh, like we can't make it. We'll never make it out of this place if Rockefeller can't even make it. But Kanye's saying like, no, fuck that. Like I'm the next Jay-Z. Like I'm going to carry the torch and I'm going to do the fucking Indian dance to bring the rain back. Like it's not going anywhere. It's amazing. Love it. Amazing. So then we get what's up with you and Jay, man. The other side of the divide, right? Dame versus Jay. Are y'all okay, man? Uh, They pray for the death of our dynasty, like, amen. And it seems to be, like, even though they're asking about, like, Jay, like, are you okay? That Kanye's saying that they're only asking because they're praying for the death of the dynasty, right? Mm. If not, the if the question's not just, like, basic nosiness, it's almost, like, kind of trying to drive the drama a little bit. And Kanye follows that up with right here stands a man with the power to make a diamond with his bare hands, which maybe (laughs) that's my favorite line in the entire. I feel like that's the reason so many people propel the song like they do. And like the reason it's the top Kanye verse and complexes list is that line. Right, like to build all the way up to that. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, as you said, like he starts in such a petty place where he's waiting for others to award him or justify him and ends in this place of such self-empowerment and realizing like, you know, what can they all give me? I already have the power to make a diamond with my bare hands. Yeah. Like to go from being worried about others to having that confidence in yourself at the end of the verse and how he does it so organically and like cinematically and narratively. Ugh, it's pretty incredible. Like it, it really is one of his strongest, like lyrical songs, like just the trajectory, his lyrics go and like where he takes this character. And I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, it gets to, it finally builds to this point where it completely reverses how you thought of diamonds from the very beginning of the song all the way from the Shirley Bassey sing- the song sample and and like what how diamonds are presented and how they are this thing like that represent like this next level to bring it all the way to this to like who needs to buy diamonds with money when you could just make them with your hands like it really does highlight that things aren't important to people like leaders are it's important that you become the person who makes the diamonds and quotes and like and shows people that path Ah, you don't need the shit. Mm-mm. Get you rid of the shit. The shit. Mm. <laughs> you are the shit. <laughs> That's Man. the title of your uh, your inspirational <laughs> book, right? Yeah, the self help book yeah. I write. Get rid of the shit. You are the shit. Absolutely. By Chris Shitbert Lambert. Embrace your inner shit. <laughs> Uh, and then we get Shirley Bassey coming in saying diamonds are forever. And you now drop the outcast line, right? Like the questioning forever, ever, forever, ever. 
and you're just left with Shirley Bassey's Diamonds Are Forever. And while the forever repeats, it's more her repeating rather than like that questioning repeating, which almost makes it feel uh, like it ends on an upswing, right? Rather than ending with that like hesitancy. Yeah, that's pretty typical for Kanye is like the hook gains different meaning and power as you keep going. So you can repeat the same lines, but they mean something completely different now. And that like these kind of diamonds are forever. Like the diamonds you make, the inspiration you give people, like it's indestructible. Yep. Mm. And that's our lyrical analysis of <laughs> Diamonds from Sierra Leone OG. We should end every episode that way. And that was the lyrical analysis of Breathe In, Breathe Out. <laughs> I feel like it has the power, you know? <laughs> or we just end every episode by saying that was the lyrical analysis of Breathe In, Breathe Out, no matter what song it was. Because <laughs> everything comes back to Breathe In, Breathe Out. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> join us next time. When we talk about Diamonds from Sierra Leone Remix. <laughs> you thought it was over? Nope. There's a whole other hour and a half of it. Yep. Be prepared. But thanks for listening. Yeah. That was uh, that was great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I finally told my Ford Escort story. Me too. That was dramatic. It carried <laughs> the emotional center of this episode. Yeah. And it was a symbolic representation of my time in Iowa. <laughs> It's just dragging along and until it finally out at the gives end. out completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, everyone, Stay you should absolutely do that and also keep it loopy. <laughs> yeah, do that too. <laughs> Your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.